0: Turn please to Romans, the first chapter. You and I can do nothing by ourselves, of ourselves, but thank God we're not by ourselves. He's, He's with us. He's in us. He helps us. But our eyes are on Him. Romans, the first chapter, and the fifteenth verse. It says, uh, "The Spirit of God through Paul said His." As much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. The gospel. Verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Thank you, Lord. The gospel of the anointed one. You really haven't fully talked about the gospel unless you've talked about the anointing. And the blessing. Now, if that sounds strange to you, study it and see what I'm talking about. The Bible said that the the Lord preached the gospel to Abraham, and what he heard was about the blessing. <laughs> so I got your study started there, so you, <laughs> you can fill in the rest. I'm not ashamed, he said, of the gospel of Christ, which is the anointed one. It's the power of God to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, also to the Gentile or the Greek. Verse 17, for therein, in the gospel, the good news, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. See this phrase, revealed, revealed, from faith to faith. Let's say it together a couple of times. Revealed from faith to faith. Revealed from faith to faith. Revelation, unveiling, showing, making known is connected to faith and faith to revelation. They can't be separated. Now this phrase where he says, um, the just shall live by faith, is a quote from Habakkuk. That's one of the first times you'll see this, but that phrase, the just shall live by faith, is found several times in the Word. But in Habakkuk 2, verse 2, Habakkuk 2, 2 says, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision.'" This is the passage where that phrase comes from, the just shall live by faith. It's just two verses later here. What are they talking about? Vision. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. You know, when the Lord shows you something, you need to record it some way. You know, you need to write it down or get your phone, put it in your notes or your iPad, whatever it is. I know uh, years ago, the Lord awoke me in the nighttime and said some things to me. Oh, man, it was good. And uh, then I'm dozing off to sleep again. And the Lord said, he said, didn't you appreciate that? I said, yes, Lord. He said, you didn't even write it down. (laughs) <laughs> and and so I said sorry, and I got up and and and, and I saw why. Cause in the morning, yeah. Do you know what I'm going to say? In the morning, I was thinking, oh praise God, He showed me something good last night. Oh, what? What was it? Ah. And I could reach over there. I had written it down. See, He knew that. That's why He said you you didn't even write it down. And it's because you're more in the Spirit in those situations than you think you are, than you realize that you are. And when you get more over in the flesh, it's gone. Can you see this? In services like this, you can be a lot more in the Spirit than you think you are. In times of prayer, reading the Word or whatever, and boy, something's so clear to you, so real, you see it so clear, yeah, but realize tomorrow's a new day. And once you're up, you know, fixing breakfast and making the bed and doing this and that, next thing you know, you go, What what was that? What was that? The Bible said we should give the more earnest heed lest we should let these things slip. So uh, when the Lord shows you something, make that little extra effort to record it somewhere. Do what this says, write the vision. Make it clear, distinct, plain. That he may run that reads it. Keep keep reading. For the vision, everybody say the vision. The vision vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end it shall speak. It shall not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it it will surely come. It will not tarry, you might say. It won't tarry indefinitely. Verse 4. Behold, this is all connected. His soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Can you see our text talked about something being revealed from faith to faith, and the just shall live by his faith, and this is where this was quoted from, and he was talking about vision, vision. And then he mentioned pride. Pride is the enemy of faith. There actually is no room for pride in faith. The enemy is very subtle. He's very crafty. And in some people's minds, he's he's twisted it. I mean, it appeals to the flesh that I can be healed and I don't need any help in that department. I can get my direction and wisdom from God and I don't need any help. I can get all kind of money and have all kind of things and and I can be somebody and something, but that is not the path of faith. And people that have gotten into comparison and competition have left the way of faith. The Bible warns us in Timothy about, well, it it talks about the end of the commandment, among other things, is unfeigned faith. You remember that phrase? Unfeigned faith. Well, if there's an unfeigned faith, what else must there be? A feigned, F-E-I-G-N, faith. What does feign mean? It means basically pretend. 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 This has been and still is a problem in our circles, word and faith circles. Pretending. (laughs) It's a big problem. The enemy is so subtle. It's so aggravating how he can take a pure, wonderful, good thing. And mess it up, twist it, distort it. But that's what he does all the time. Does anybody remember what the scripture says about pride and grace? God resists the proud, but he gives what? Grace Grace to who? Humble. Humble. You can't separate faith from grace. Don't try to. Doesn't work. Tell me how we're saved. By grace. grace. Through faith. 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 What was first? Grace. Grace. And well, I, I like to emphasize faith more. Well, you wouldn't even know about faith if it wasn't for grace. You wouldn't have been given a measure of the God kind of faith that you could use and develop except it was by grace. And in fact, you didn't pick him first. By grace, he said, you didn't choose me, I chose you first. Well, that's, That was before you knew anything about it. That's grace. Well, somebody say grace. grace. Do we need grace to have faith? That was a little weak, but let me go over it again dear. The answer is yes. (laughs) Do we need grace to have faith? Yes. Yes, yes, and every morning and every night. And here's the great news. Grace is one of the biggest words there is. Grace is all that God has given. And included in that is his help. Another word for grace, when God gives you grace, he helps you. And with enough of his help, you can believe for anything. With enough grace, you can see the biggest vision you ever imagined to see. With enough grace, your faith can spark and develop You know, every time the Lord has you in the right place at the right time to hear the right message, that's grace. Every time you are able to go and get there and be healthy enough and sane enough to hear it. I mean, is that right? Grace, 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 but with enough of his grace, even though you might have started way over here, he can get you all the way to great faith. He can get you from no faith to little faith and then great faith. He can get you all the way. But that's grace. I said, that's grace. And who gets the grace? Come on, help me out. Who who gets the grace? Not the show off, not the pretender, not the proud. God actually resists the proud. God hates pride. He hates it. And so should you. It is the nature of the devil. It's one of his most outstanding characteristics and qualities. He is, I suppose, the proudest being we know anything about. And God hates it. He despises it. I didn't say he hated proud people. He hates pride. And so should you. Sometimes, you know, we've grown up in a culture that views pride in some positive ways. But there's no such thing as a good kind of pride. I'm sorry. There is not. Somebody says, well, I'm, I'm proud of my kids. Well, you should stop. <laughs> what? I'm going to be proud of my kids. Listen, when the Father spoke to Jesus from heaven, what did He say? Please. This is my beloved Son. I am so proud of Him.
1: <laughs>
0: he says, What's wrong with that? A lot. Yeah, but I'm proud of my, hear, the, hear that, that other word, my, my kids. My kids, you're proud of yourself
1: <laughs>
0: for producing such amazing kids. <laughs> I'm proud of their accomplishments. Be thankful for their accomplishments. But pride has to do with you taking credit are giving them credit for what god did it's evil it's a lie it's deception and the problem is as you yield into oh it's subtle oh it's subtle it's everywhere as you slide into it you lose grace you lose help the prouder You act and yield to. The more. On your own. You are. The less help. You have from God. In fact. He resists it. You're not getting the grace. And you are getting resisted. You ain't going to make it. It's not going to go well. One of the biggest qualities of humility is honesty. It's one of the biggest qualities. You you show me a humble man or woman, I'll show you an honest man, sincere and honest. And that's totally different from pretending. You are where you are. Yes, yes, sir. Even if that's not where you'd like to be, And if you don't start where you are, you'll stay where you are, even though you're pretending to be somewhere else. Because if you're pretending, that's pride, you can't get to help the grace you need to get up from there. There's a term I do not like. I've heard Christians use it. I've heard preachers use it. That when you live by faith, you just have to fake it till you make it. You ever heard any of that? Fake it till you make it. Fake it? Is there anything fake in God? Anything fake in the Word? Anything fake in the Holy Spirit? Then how would fake have anything to do with faith? We're warned about fake faith. That's what feigned faith is. It's pretend. No, no, get rid of that. No faking it. Period. You don't have to, you don't need to. It just messes everything up. <laughs> Notice this phrase. The Lord's helping us. Do do you know it? Verse 4 in this passage. Habakkuk. The Lord pointed this out to me. Emphasized this to me today. His soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. This is half the verse of the just shall live by faith. Warning us about pride. But the just shall live by his faith. Everybody say his faith. faith. The just shall live by his faith. Let me remind you of a couple of things Jesus said in Matthew 9. You don't have to turn there, but 28 and 29 when the blind men came to him and Jesus said, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. He said, according to your faith. Everybody say your faith. faith. Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith faith. And the uh, that word your is represented by a Greek word. It's there. Your faith. Everybody say your faith. your faith. Your faith. Now the way some people preach it Jesus would have said, well then according to my power. you believe I'm able to do this? Yes. Well then according to my ability. According to my power or according to my faith. But no. How's it going to happen? According, according to to your faith, the one endeavoring to receive. Not according to God, but according to your faith. And this is something most of the church-going world does not, either hadn't heard or don't believe. We don't receive according to our desires, or according to our needs, or even according to the perfect will of God are according to the power of God we receive according to our faith and we live by our parents our pastors our favorite preachers huh our spouse uh uh your, your faith. According, say it out loud, according to, according to. Your, faith. your faith. Remember when the storm came up, Luke eight twenty four. I I hadn't noticed this as clearly as I did today. When the storm came up, you know, Jesus was sleeping in the middle of a storm. And they woke him up, master, master, they said, we perish. He got up rebuked the wind, raging of the water, they ceased and there was a calm. Now how did he do that? By faith. He did it by faith. He knew he had authority and he believed he could see it happening when he said it. And he did it. And in verse 25, what did he say to them? Do you see what I'm talking about now? What did he say? Another way, you just saw my faith. <laughs> but where is your faith? Because we've been doing this for a while now, boys. Right? We've been doing a lot of good meetings. You've seen a lot of miracles. You, you've been involved in a lot of prayer lines. You, Right? Where is your faith? Mm -hmm. By reason of time and exposure and feeding. I mean, think about their environment. You can't get any better training than this. (laughs) You can't. And so what does he say? Here's something many have not understood. The Lord expects a return on investment. Numerous of the parables that he told are specifically deal with that. He expects a return. And, and the thing is, the Holy Spirit knows your heart, knows what you're capable of, no matter how you may act. You can slouch around and cry and go, I can't, I can't. He knows better. And that won't play with him when you should be at a certain place, he expects you to be doing that, acting like what you know. So what did he say? Where is your, oh, somebody say your, your, your faith. Your faith. You cannot live by somebody else's faith. That was worth you combing your hair and coming out tonight right Right there. Now you, now you may think, well, yeah, I don't know everybody know that. No, everybody does not know that. People are trying to do something different from that all over the place with disastrous results. What people call faith failures. I don't like that term because the faith of God doesn't fail. But what people call that, so many times is connected to this. They're trying to live by somebody else's revelation. They're trying to function by somebody else's vision and somebody else's faith. You must see it for yourself. You've got to See it for yourself. Y'all are quiet. You got to see it for yourself. Come on, say it out loud. I have to see it for myself. I must see it for myself. Go to 1 Samuel. You know this, but it'll sure help you to see it again. 1 Samuel 17. Anybody know what's over there? I know some of you preachers do, and you other scriptorians. First Samuel 17. Goliath has been threatening, saying bad things about their mamas, and <laughs> just he has. He's been doing everything he can to get a fight out of them, and, there, and, and he is such a big bad dude that nobody wants to mess with him. And young David, who has been communing with God in the outback, if you will, with his father's flock, long nights by yourself, long days, he's been uh, writing songs and communing with God and practicing shooting. <laughs> that's right among other things and uh, he had had some situations where predators, big ones attacked the flock, you remember that a lion one time a lion is nothing to mess with if you've never been around a lion you, you may think well yeah they're, they're pretty kitties yeah unless you're out in the, in the bush with them they will look you in the eye. They are not afraid of you at all. They see lunch. <laughs> and they're big, and they're powerful, and they're fast. Can you imagine a youth going hand to hand with a lion? It takes courage. Which is another word for faith. Why would you do it? Everybody else runs. Youths? Kids? You know, nine hundred and ninety-nine out of a thousand, what are they gonna do when the when the lion runs in there? They're gonna run. They're gonna run. Why? He you ever read the hundred and nineteenth Psalm? Every verse is about his love. For God's Word. Every verse. That didn't just start later in life. That started early in life. He was loving God and he was feeding on the Word of God, feeding on the Word of God. What was that doing? That was putting faith in him. That was putting strength. It was putting a vision of victory in him. Even later in life the Bible said Everywhere he went, God gave him victory. Why? He could see it. He could see and that's why he didn't run. Because he could see him winning
1: <laughs>
0: with this lion. He could see it. And so he did. The the lion already had one of the sheep. In his mouth. Now you shouldn't mess with a lion, but you really shouldn't mess with a lion when he's got food in his mouth. (laughs) He grabbed him. The Bible said by the by the beard. This is close. Go and killed him. And delivered his livestock out of his mouth. Wasn't because he was so big. Wasn't because he was so strong. In all accounts. He's just an average sized kid. What's the difference here? Why is it in the Bible? Faith. Which is accompanied with vision. Happened again with a bear. And so by this time. He goes out there in Goliath. He is big. He is bad. But they see. This giant man killing machine david sees something else did you hear that and that's the language he used when he described him they said you know they're ta- I'm paraphrasing but he's the biggest baddest thing you ever seen in your life man i mean he is a killing machine and david said he is an uncircumcised philistine he's a no covenant nobody Now they're looking at the same thing outwardly but they are not seeing the same thing inwardly. They're not seeing the same thing. Cuz you don't just see out here your eyes handle light and receive light and images act back basically it's electrochemical you know signals your mind decides what you've seen. And so you really are seeing inside. And then whatever image it is, you decide, your mind, your spirit, how that image relates to you. Whether it's something you should be afraid of or not afraid of. That's all internal. A lot more to seeing than opening your eyes. We're spirit beings. And so he pipes up and says, I'll go. Everybody said, what? (laughs) And his brothers kind of grabbed him and said, shush, boy. (laughs) They were telling about, you know, whoever would kill this Philistine gets to marry the king's daughter. And she was a looker. And he doesn't have to pay taxes. You pay no taxes. You get the pretty girl, you don't pay no taxes. He said, Say, what? what? Tell me that again. What happens? What happened to the man? And they said, Boy, you better shut up. Get back. He said, No, I won't know. Tell me again about the pretty girl. And don't pay no taxes. I said, that's right. He said, I will go. I will go. I will go. Here's what's amazing to me too, is that uh, that the any of the leaders, especially the king Saul, would even consider this. Why would you even consider this? I mean, uh, in, a, in a usual case like this, a boy running around spitting off his mouth, they'd just you know spank him and send him home. <laughs> this is man business, right? <laughs> Why did this that? Well, of course, God was in it, but I'm convinced they heard something in David's voice. They saw something in his demeanor that even the king kind of sat back and said, Whoa. What really? You know, I almost believe he could do it. <laughs> Faith has a sound. Faith has a look. Faith has a stance. Faith carries itself with confidence. Not arrogance. Confidence. Just because you're sure. And it was so much that brought him right into the king. And he said, what's all this about? He said, "Uh, I hear that good things happen to whoever kills the big guy. That's right. Pretty girl, no taxes. (laughs) He said, I will go and kill him. I will go and do it. They said, you're just a boy. And he is a mountain of a man. He's been a man killer from his youth. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But God has been with me in the outback. (laughs) And he helped me kill a lion. He helped me kill a bear. They were big too. And he will help me kill this uncircumcised Philistine, this no covenant, nobody. He will. You what? He will. He will. And they all sit back and go, whoa. You know, I think maybe. You think he could. It was so powerful. Saul said, okay. And he said, "Let's, let's get this boy my best armor. Let's get (laughs) <laughs> verse 38 1738 Saul armed David with his armor which would have been the best in the land he's a king of course he's a big tall guy and so other translation talk about that the, um, the coat of mail was long well it would be from a tall guy to a shorter kid so basically this coat of mail is dragging the ground on him. Got him a helmet of brass. Brass is heavy. Armed him with a coat of mail. Coat of mail. Verse 39. David girded his sword upon his armor, and he assayed. That means he attempted. He attempted to go, for he had not proved it. And David said to Saul, you know, this took courage too. This is a great honor. For well, the king to give you his personal armor. This is a great great honor. It's where you got to watch about pride. Is everybody listening? Pride will make you be quiet when you should speak up. Pride calls you to go with something when you should say no I can't go with that. Is everybody awake? Yes sir. David spoke up, just a boy, but he's been with God.
1: Yes,
0: he's yes. been communing with God. Yes. He spoke up and said, I, I can't go with these. I haven't proved, the, I haven't tested these. I haven't demonstrated these. I don't know these. Well, what do you mean? This is your armor. It's not my armor. I'm not comfortable. Trying to use your weaponry. Let me say that another way. I can't see myself. Winning this. With your vision. With your stuff. I'm not knocking your stuff. God gave it to you. It's great for you. But I. I don't know this, right. and this doesn't feel right to me. How many know you're supposed to trust what you get on the inside? Yeah. Trust what you get on When something doesn't feel right to you. I don't care how wonderful it is for somebody else. I don't care what kind of great things they have seen and done with it. Yeah. It's not your faith. Yeah. It's their faith. Yeah. How do you know exactly what God told them and exactly what he showed them? That's not the same thing he told you and showed you. Every one of us have a personal relationship and fellowship with our Lord and with his spirit and with our Father. None of us have to live life with second hand revelation. None of us have to try to win our battles and overcome our situations with other people's testimonies. In fact, it doesn't work. It's one reason there's been so many so-called faith failures. He said, "I, I I can't go with these. I haven't proved them. And David put them off him. Don't let anybody... Saddle you. (laughs) Dress you. With their vision. David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand. Why? It feels right. 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 He's been working this staff for years. He's good with this staff. When he puts his hand on it. It slides right to the sweet spot. <laughs> Feels right. And he w- chose him five 45 caliber stones. <laughs> Out of the brook. He selected his own ammo. Did it himself.
1: Yes.
0: Come on, here with me? He did it for himself. He reached down in every one of them. He felt of them. He felt the size. He felt the weight. He felt how round they were. No, 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 that's not a good. One. You know him? Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. He, you know, till he got five, and uh, he put them in his bag, which he's he'd been wearing for years. He know it. It slides right by by the side of his hip. He can feel where it is. He can tell by the weight of it how many shots he's got left. That's right. And his sling. Now this seems ridiculous. Going against a giant with a slingshot. But he knows the slingshot. He's comfortable with this. This is what the Lord has used in his life before. Repeatedly. He knows it. He knows when it's too tight. He knows when it's too loose. He's feeling it. Oh, yeah. Okay, good, good. Cinch that up a little bit. All right. Yeah, the side's got to be even. All right. And all right. Okay. And with this, he ran straight into the fray. Oh, somebody say, Glory to God. What a glorious day. He ran straight in. Is this faith or is this faith? The only way you could do that, he sees this happening. He sees this giant going down. He sees it, which is why he gets out there and the giant curses him by his gods and said, I'm going to feed you to the birds, you little nothing. And he said, huh, you come to me with your big old shield and your big old sword and your big old stuff. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And I will take off your head today and your buddies too. (laughs) And ran toward, that's oh, what courage. And it all comes back from that faith. But he's not doing anything anybody else has told him they thought worked. Can you see he's in his groove? Can you see that he's in what he knows? What he knows. And he was victorious. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Whew. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Go with me to John. The uh the 8th chapter. Well, i tell you what. Go to the 16th chapter first. 16 and 13. Jesus is speaking and he's introducing the New Testament ministry of the Holy Spirit to the believer. And I want you to notice what a big part of this ministry is. Jesus said, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you, Into all truth, truth, there is not the slightest bit of shadow or turning. There is not the least bit of untruth in God. It is impossible for him to lie. If we get into any kind of fakery or pretending or falseness, we left the Holy Spirit because he is the spirit of truth. And pride is phony. Cannot help but be phony. Spirit of truth, he'll guide you what? Into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you. Everybody say show you. He will show you things to come. He The Spirit of God is in us 24-7, and He's speaking to us if we'll listen. He is saying what He is hearing, the Father and Jesus say, and when He speaks this to us, it creates vision. When He speaks and we hear, we see also. He will show you, everybody say show you. show you, show you. show. If he showed you something, then you saw something. Verse 14, Jesus said he will glorify me. How's this going to happen? He'll receive of mine and do what? Show it. And do what? Show it. He will show it to you. Yes. Well, that's twice just in these couple of verses. He's going to do what? Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to take from me, of mine, and he's going to show it to you. And in case you didn't get it the first two times, next verse. (laughs) Jesus said, all things that the Father has are mine. So what's he talking about? Showing us. Unlimited. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I said, he, the Holy Spirit, will take of mine and what? He'll do what? It was important that he said it once. This is so important, he says it again and again. Why? This is how it works. He shows us things. Oh, glory to God. And our faith is inseparable from this. I can't believe it. You can't believe it until he shows it to us. Now, yes, hearing is involved, but when we hear, if we don't see anything, the words were meaningless. Faith comes by hearing because when we hear the anointed word, that anointing produces revelation. He shows us. Somebody say, He shows me. He shows me. He shows the Holy Spirit is showing me things all the time. Come on, say it out loud. The Holy Spirit is showing me things. What what kind of things? Jesus' things. Things from Jesus, from the head of the church. He's showing me things from the head of the church. Of course, they're all truth. He's showing me these things. Everything the Lord has said to me. He's bringing it to my remembrance. He's even showing me things that haven't happened yet. He's showing me things... Yet to come. Why? Because if I can see it, I can do it. If I can see it, I can be it. If I can see myself having it, I can have it. If I can see myself with it or doing it, I can do it. But if I can't see me, no, y'all didn't hear that. If I if I can't if Keith can't see Keith doing it, I best not step out, just because somebody else can see it. I know uh, where aviation was concerned, we grew up relatively poor, I mean in a lot of ways we were rich, but money wise we didn't have much, and um, I didn't know anybody that had even flown commercially. This is how far removed from aviation I was. And after I got to Rama, we went on a mission trip, some of us. And that was the first commercial plane I had ever been on. It took all the faith we had for months to believe God to be able to pay for a ticket. So to think about owning an airplane, that never crossed my mind. It was just, you know, like going to outer space or something. I mean, it would just... But thank God for association with people who have more revelation than you, more vision than you, more faith than you, and by the great graciousness and kindness of the Lord, in a few years, the Lord allowed us to have some fellowship with Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria Copeland. Who, in my mind, basically pioneered aviation for ministry in our generation. Most people, again, never thought about it. Didn't even believe it was possible. And so, I saw what he was doing. I thought, wow, look at that. Just go out out the house, go over there, go to the meeting, come home. Uh, that's pretty nifty. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty nice. But I didn't see me doing it. I was thrilled for him. I was glad for them. I thought this is great. But uh, one day we were, spoke for them and at their place during the week and, and we were by the hangar there and, and he showed me some of the things they had and were doing and And he said, one of his airplanes was sitting there. He said, get up in the cockpit there, Keith. Get up in there and make airplane noises. (laughs) I thought, yeah. So I did. I I sat down in that seat and I thought, whoa, look at this, man. (laughs) He said, how's it feel up there? I said, it feels pretty good up here." Make some airplane. (laughs) <laughs> what are y'all laughing about? Uh, this is how it works.
1: Yes sir.
0: Now, you can't live on somebody else's faith. I can't live on Brother Copeland's faith. I get in trouble if I try. I can't live by his vision. I have problems if I try. But God can use somebody to plant seeds. Oh come on can you see this to plant seeds of greater faith and and greater vision in you and and being around them influences you stirs you their faith inspires you you need it oh you need this and see it's only pride that always wants to be the biggest fish in the bowl so then you're willing to live in a tiny bowl (laughs) as long as you are the big fish. No, you want to be around bigger fish, right? You want to be around greater vision, don't you? Greater faith, not to compare, not to compete, but to let it influence you. Let it not gonna go out and try to be a carbon copy of them again. You mess up if you do that. But yet it helps you to see God's bigger than I thought he was. He's what what do you say, Dave? Gooder. He's gooder than you thought he was. He would actually do that for you? He would give you one of them or one of those or he would let you do this. He would let you be a part of this. So over a period of time, that seed got in us and we released faith for a small single engine propeller airplane, a little small. I mean, you could fit it right here, you know, but we'd never had an airplane. And uh, it was a bit arduous. Had a stumble or two, but we got through and, and we got it. Paid for Flew that little dude all over the country. <laughs> It'd take us, I don't know, 13 hours to get from Tulsa to California. <laughs> with uh, three or four fuel stops. <laughs> now you're laughing, but Nobody who flies a big plane, there's nobody who didn't start flying the little plane. Everybody you fly with in the airlines, they started flying the little plane. And we were so happy, just in the Lord's goodness. And we hadn't had that plane, I don't know, a couple of years. The Lord dealt with me to believe him for a jet. A jet. I just ignored him. (laughs) So I didn't know much about jets. But I knew this. They're pricey. And they got little pieces on them. It costs $40,000. And and when you pull up and say fill her up. A hundred bucks ain't going to do it. I mean. (laughs) I just. I, I couldn't see it. Are y'all with me or not? I couldn't see it. And uh, after I don't know, after six months or so I really did, I just, I'm not proud of that, but I just ignored the Lord. I just act like I didn't even hear it. I just. <laughs> and about six months later I was actually in California. I was preaching one night and while I'm preaching just like this, the Lord starts talking to me while I'm preaching. And he said, (laughs) Keith, I dealt with you to believe, and, and I'm talking and preaching while this is going, he said, I dealt with you to believe me for a jet. Well, in my heart, I knew that. He said, you still think these things are luxury items. You're going to have to have this to do what I've called you to do. You're going to have to have this. So quit procrastinating. And believe me for this, nobody ever knew that. I just kept on preaching. But afterwards, I kind of plopped down in the chair and thought, whoa, Lord, a jet? You know, maybe just a little bit bigger propeller, a little bit, you know, got twin engines. They got turboprops. They got, I mean, from from a, a single engine to a jet is like from here to here. I mean, it's just. So when I got an opportunity, I went back to Brother Copeland's place and kind of hung around and you know just kind of rubbed up against the airplanes and (laughs) and sat close to him and and (laughs) what what am I I I know I need to get there but I'm not there and so I I knew meditation is a big part of this. Anybody remember meditation? Yes. Yes. Go, Go look at it, Joshua. Don't forget where I was now. Joshua, the first chapter. anybody remember what's there? We're going to talk about. What does it say? Joshua one. Is it verse eight? Is that what it is? What does it say? When he told God told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate. Meditate. Meditate, Meditate has to do with uh, saying it, maybe even quietly. And just keep going over it. Just keep going over it. Just keep going over it. Not vain repetitions now, but purposeful focus on the same thing. Meditate. How much? Why would that even be necessary? Because you live in a dark world full of lies and full of evil influences. And most people did not grow up with strong faith influence and strong influence on being led. So you got junk to overcome. Yeah, sure. yeah. And it's not that God has hidden his things. And it's not that it's so it takes, you know, only a few geniuses could understand what God has said. That is not true at all. Because the Holy Spirit is the best teacher in the universe. Yeah. And the best teacher can take the most complicated subject and make it simple. Yes. He knows where you are, how you understand, what language you speak. Yes. That's not the problem. The problem is, we, we read it last night, the God of this world is full-time active blinding yes. minds. He, he, he's trying to block it. He's trying to keep you from seeing this. Yes. And the only way to overcome that is got to be more persistent than Him. Can you see this or not? You hear that phrase. Can you see it? You've got to, even though you look at it and you don't see it, you say, well, I'm not done. You look at it again. If I don't see it, keep looking at it. Is that right? I know I'm supposed to see this. I'm going to get this. And if there's a message that really ministers to your spirit, listen to it again and again. There was a reason why it ministered to you the way that it did. And there's more in there that God wants you to see. But you've got to be persistent. So many times people just give up too easy. They're, well, I I don't see that. I don't know. I don't understand that. Well, this is the beginning of something. Get back in there. Look at it. Think about it. Talk about it. Meditate upon it night and day. That you may what? That you may what? You may what? (laughs) You, you meditate until you see it. See what? See you doing it. You meditate in healing scriptures until you see you healed. Not just shouting about somebody else's miracle testimony. you thank God for that. that can inspire you. it can sow seeds, but that you can't live on their faith. Including your own husband. Your own wife. You can't live on their faith. People have tried it with disastrous consequences. How can you tell when you see it? Nobody has to tell you. If you've ever seen anything in God. Did somebody have to tell you you just saw something? What do you say? (laughs) Oh glory to God. There is a quickening. With real revelation from God. There's light and there's life. If you're bored over it and it's dull to you, you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Yeah, you know, I know all them scriptures are in there. Yeah, my mama told me in them healing scriptures when I was a kid. You don't see it at all. You don't see it. If you did, you'd be hollering like me. You peek going glory to God yeah. by his stretch.
1: Yeah. I yeah.
0: I am yeah. I, I see me with long life. Yeah. He's gonna satisfy yeah. me. I see this happening for me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Me. He's gonna show me yeah. his salvation. How he can say yeah. me. I see it. If you don't see it for you. You're not there. Can you get there? Yes, yeah, you get, how do you get there? Meditation. Meditation. Not just during the service. I had a lady one time I was ministering to that had been in and out of the mental institution for years. And they brought her to us to minister to and at Brother Hagin's ministry. And as I was talking to her, I, she was in a bad way and I was trying to see what the Spirit of God had given me to help and and this is the, he, he took me to this verse. Just like that. He said, give her this. I don't mean I heard that, but I just knew it. And I took her to read it. And I said, you know, this is the answer. Meditate in his word. Night and day. She just interrupted me. She said, you can't do that. You can't meditate in the word. Night and day you got all these things going on. You can't do that. She just said what a lot of people thought. And as soon as she said it, it came right up out of my spirit. I said, dear, you're already meditating on something night and day. And it's obviously the wrong thing because it's been driving you crazy. It's not a matter of can you meditate on something. It's what are you looking at. You can meditate on the disease. All the Latin names for it. All the experimental possible treatment. You understand what I'm saying? You can meditate how you feel, how the symptoms have changed. It can just you know dominate your life. Or or you could look at something else. You could talk about something else. All of that whole army saw a giant killing machine. David saw something else. Oh, come on. He saw something else. He saw something else. Oh, yeah. He's giant compared to me, but I ain't comparing him to me. I'm comparing him to God. And compared to God, he's a no covenant, body, nothing about to die. They were looking at the same thing, but they weren't seeing the same thing. So if I don't see it, let me back up a little bit. Don't pretend that you see it. Are y'all with me, friends? Yeah, but my wife says she see that ain't you seeing it. Yeah, but my pastor, you know, he, he believes that that's not you seeing it. And I know this, I'm a little bit repetitious here, but we need to be if, in ministry, the Lord's helped me. I'm not saying I've done it all perfectly, but if I don't see it, I don't see it. And I don't go with it. I don't care how popular a revelation is, who's preaching it, how big their crowds are. Are y'all with me or not? If I don't see it, I don't see it. You want to say that out loud? If I don't see it, I don't see it. I'm not, I'm not telling them you didn't see it. I don't know what God told you, but I know I must not pretend I see it when I don't. Because then if I try to do something and act on that, I'm trying to live on somebody else's faith. I'm trying to act on somebody else's vision, and that's, that's disastrous. I don't care how many miracle healings you've heard about. You have to see you healed. Is that right? Instead of seeing you getting worse and worse and dying, you've got to see yourself getting better and better and living. Not pretending you see it. Not hoping. Not needing there's only one place you can get that healing vision his words are life to those that find them and they are health and medicine to all their flesh there's no such thing as overdosing on the word of God there's no such thing as getting too much there is such a thing as too little feed on it look at it listen to it Like I said, if a particular message really ministered to you, listen to it again and again. Watch it again and again, 10 times, 20 times, until what? Until what? Until you see it. Can you tell when you see it? Quicken. It'll quicken you. Life will be, light will go off, life will come up. And you'll probably get loud. And happy. Why? Because you see it. And if you can see it. You can be it. (laughs) If you can see you with it. You can have it. If you can see you doing it. You can do it. If you can't see it. I don't care how many other people see it. If you can't see you doing it. Then don't work on trying to make it happen. You got to work on you seeing it. Don't get ahead of yourself. And don't pretend you're at a place that you're not.
1: Yeah,
0: I know when I first got to Ramah, Phyllis and I, we had a little used pickup truck and we we rented a, a little apartment with furniture that came with the apartment that was used up years ago and in the <laughs> bad part of town and and um, that's where we were. We were thrilled to have a place because. For a while, we couldn't find anything that was in our so-called budget. And uh, we showed up, and (laughs) you talk about humble beginnings. We showed up at this place, didn't have any furniture. The other was already in there. And uh, a couple met us at the door. And they were in an apartment across the way, and they had gone to Rhema like a year or two before. I think we were the only Rama folks there. Uh, it's an interesting place. If you uh, uh, if you didn't like what was on TV, you could just raise the blinds <laughs> and look outside because there was usually something going on in the street. And, and uh, one night for church, Phyllis and I got ready. We're leaving. We start to walk out the door, and the police on the bullhorn said, "Get back inside! Get back!" <laughs> Whoa! We better get back inside. <laughs> <laughs> and one night we came in late after a service. A guy jumps out from behind the, uh, uh, the corner and goes with a pistol. He goes, "Halt!" <laughs> he had made himself security <laughs> for, for the building. He said, "Hey, man, we live here. We're like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> a motorcycle gang lived in one building next to. And down at the end of the hall was a massage parlor and some other stuff. (laughs) You got the picture? But that's where we were. If you don't start where you are, you stay where you are. And if you try to pretend you're somewhere else, you'll stay where you are because you're not starting acknowledging where you are. Who gets the grace? Come on, help me out. Who gets the grace? The humble and a big part of humility, like we said, is honesty. So they, uh, we walked through the door and uh, the guy said, hi, we're so-and-so. And the man and his wife said, um, we're just about to have a, a supper. We got uh, beans and bread. I said, man, that sounds good to me. And so we sat down, uh, you know, just a tiny little place, Just some beans that they had boiled. But we had a good time of fellowship. We enjoyed each other. And as I I went through the next few months, I saw people not enjoying each other's company. Because of trying to pretend they were at a different place than they were. And didn't want people to see where they lived. Didn't want people to know that the clothes they had on, they were paying interest on an overloaded credit card. And trying to pretend like, oh yeah, we're faith people, and you know we just say it and it happens, and and um, that kind of thing is not real faith. It's pretend faith, and it prevents fellowship. And you need this fellowship for additional seeds and inspiration. And encourage each other. That's one of the reasons the Bible said don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We're supposed to inspire and encourage each other to good works. But you won't do that if you're playing and pretending. Trying to act like you're at a place that you're not. You won't get that. I had, uh, after I was an instructor, uh, a couple of students, a man and his wife, asked me would I have a meal with them. And I didn't always do that, but I said, yeah, yeah, I will. And a couple of days later, the guy came, and he said, uh, Brother Keith, he said, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. He said, may I have to call off at meal? I said, that's okay. He said, yeah. My wife said, if you come over, we have got to buy all new furniture. I said, what? He said, yeah, our stuff is pretty bad. I said, I don't care about that. But say, why even think that? Why even think? All of us have flesh. All of us have the pride of that flesh that we got to do something with. And trying to act like you're at a place of faith you're not, trying to act like you're doing better than you are, will actually prevent you from developing and growing and getting the grace and help that you need. You don't go around and tell everybody how bad off you are, you don't go around and pull on everybody. I'm not talking about that. But you are where you are. My granddad used to say, you know, people people come by the house. He said, we're about to eat. He said, uh, such as it is, you're welcome to it. (laughs) Peas and palm. Eat it or leave it alone. (laughs) Such as it is. Right? And, you know, we used to, uh, people come over, five, six, eight people. And they had a three-room house. Not three-bedroom. Three-room. They invite them all to spend the night. Got two beds. You got 12 people in the house. What do you do? Pallet on the floor. Is that right? Everybody's happy. But see, if you're too proud and you're trying to project an image that's not real, you don't want people to see where you really live, where you're really coming from, what you're really doing, that will choke off your grace and your health got to be real
1: Amen.
0: and you see what you see if you don't see it you
1: don't
0: where was I in that story
1: the Lord
0: the Lord said believe me for a jet so every chance I got I'd go around them the Copelands and their ministry And he was so gracious and still is they've been the greatest examples and friends you could have and um, I would, uh, I, I knew I, I had to meditate and get this vision and mirror. I couldn't believe it. I had to see it. I had to see me, I had to see us. I had to see our ministry doing this. And so I'd, I'd close my eyes and I'd meditate no matter how good God is and how big he is. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, he'll supply all your needs. He'll give you richly all things to enjoy. If he wouldn't withhold Jesus from you, how will he not freely give you all things? he would give you exceeding abundantly above everything you've ever asked or, or thought. And, and, and okay, I see the plane. Okay, I see the plane. I see the plane. There they go on the runway. There they're taking off. There they're rotating up into the wild blue yonder. And I look in the front, and it's Brother Copeland. <laughs> and I look in the back, it's Miss Gloria. <laughs> And I'm on the ground waving. <laughs> no, wh- what am I saying? I don't see it. Yeah, I can see them. I can see them doing it. I can see them moving up. They were believing for something bigger. I can see it happening for them. I can see it. But mm, me. Praise God, as the months went by. If you'll just make the decision, yes, Lord, I'll receive. Whatever you want me to have, whatever you want me to do, I'll receive it. You know where I'm at. Help me get to where I need to be. See, humility, honesty gets the grace. He'll begin to to feed you what you need. He'll get you at the right places at the right time, around the right people. hear the right messages, or read the right things, and, and it's happening quicker than you think. It's according to the power that's working in you. Anybody remember Ephesians 3.20? Yes, Put it on the screen for us, please. What did it say? What did it say? God is able, what? To do what? Exceeding, exceeding abundantly, 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 above, above, above all, all that we ask or think. Now stop right there. He's able to do that? Well, then that means once you see it and experience it, it's got to be something then bigger. Is right right? To keep going. It's got to be something bigger next time than what you've seen and understood. Is God able to do it? Is he able to do it? Is he good enough to do it, is it does he want to do it? But that's not the end of the verse, is it? How does this happen? According to what? It's not apart from us. It's connected with what's going on inside us. The power that is working in us. Hallelujah. The revelation of the word that gives faith, that gives vision, that enables you to see what formerly you could not see. To envision, to embrace to believe. When you started out, it looked impossible. It looked crazy. It looked too far. Too far. But after a while you thought, hmm, hmm, okay. After a while you thought, I can see some of that. Well, why couldn't God do that? Well, what? He's done it for others. I mean, He loves me too. Why? We're doing what He told us to do. Come on, can you see what's going on? And when it, when it begins to really go off in you, oh man, you get excited. The, the light, the life, you're liable to jump up in the middle of the night and run around to bed. I mean, you're you you, you, you running and tell your spouse or your friend, oh, praise God. Let me tell you, let me tell you. Let me tell you what the Lord showed. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what the Lord showed. me. And when you can see you doing it, You're there. The rest is details. I mean, we don't know how the Lord does things or the the way. But you know this, when he shows you something, we are the children of Abraham. We walk in the steps of that same God kind of faith. Abraham walked in. Do you know how God got him there? Do you remember when God showed up at one point and said, Abram, yes sir, I am the almighty God. (laughs) You walk before me, be upright and perfect. And he, uh, among other things, at one point in his life, then Abraham said, well, you know, he said, I'm I'm your exceeding, great reward. Abram said, "Well, that's great, but you know, I'm old and I got nobody to leave all this to. You know, we've been talking to you about this baby, you remember, for a long time here. And and he said, uh, your seed's going to be like the stars in the sky, like the sand. What's he doing? Come on, help me out. What's he doing? What's he doing? He he said, come out here. Come out here, Abraham, Come out here. Come outside. And how many believe on that night? God saw to it, it was exceptionally clear. (laughs) It's one of the clearest nights there's ever been. And Abraham looked up and and God probably just reached over at the dimmer and turned them up a little bit. And (laughs) Abraham's going, whoa. He said, "Abram, can you count all these stars? And I don't think Abraham just instantly said, he was looking, he's looking, he's looking. He's looking. He's look. Tell me what's happening. Come on, tell me what's happening. What's happening? The light's not just you know reflecting off his eyes. He's not just taking in some light rays. Something's going inside him. Yes, yes, oh, come on. Can you see? There's some something going inside him. What? So that he could see. What? Him. No child. Sarah not able to conceive. Old. He, he, as God told him that, with no way to understand it, he could see he and Sarah being the father and mother of countless millions. Amen. He saw it in here. And, and he said, I believe you, Lord. I believe you. Why could he say, I believe you? Because he saw it. He saw it. I believe you, and it pleased God. Because what? Faith pleases him. It pleased God, and he imputed it to him before the law, before the new covenant, before as righteousness. His faith was counted as righteousness. Oh, somebody say, glory to God. 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 Oh, just thank the Lord for a moment. Is he showing us things? Is he revealing things to us? Causing us to see things. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. 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 I kept meditating on that, that jet thing. I found out more about them. I found the sites and the magazines where they had them for sale. I looked at them. Sometimes I'd cover up the price. <laughs> I, just, I don't need to see that right now. <laughs> and I just look at see see what kind of witness I had. And Over the next year or two, the Lord brought some people into our life that were in aviation. And we got to ride some with them. I understand that's not an accident. And then we got to ride with some other people in their jet. Well, what's the Lord doing? If you've never been in a jet, it's hard to see you being in a jet. After several rides, you go, okay. Right? After several more, You begin to think, okay, so this is how they do it. This is how this works. It's not just completely a foreign language. Right? I mean, you begin, everything's foreign when you've never seen it or known it. But after a while, you begin to say, okay, all right, okay. And there was this particular model we got to write in quite a bit. And oh, man, I liked it. And I thought, this is great. And and so we we got in our heart, believe for one of these. Believe for one of these. Is used, several years old, but nice, very capable. And you talk about a giant from, step from where we were. I mean, I, I don't know how, if I can describe how far of a jump it was. But after another year or so, I was impressed to go to school, pay the money, take the time to learn how to fly this plane. Wow. We don't have one.
1: Wow.
0: Took me a month and a half. To do it and money. And it was, oh man, it was a big task for where I was. A month and a half after I got back from school, some people invited us to dinner. Over dinner, they gave us one of those airplanes free and clear, mid sized jet. Hawker Jets, what it was, gave it to us. All things are possible to him that believes. Back, I should have told this earlier, but back about a couple years prior to that, Brother Mac Hammond from Minneapolis, the Lord put it on his heart to fly the Hagans around to their meetings in his plane for a year at no cost. Well, I got to tag along. That was part of where I was getting my exposure to. And I had, we had this little single-engine, tiny little plane, and, and I knew what a giant thing it was to say, "Okay, now our next plane is going to be one of these." And Mac had been in the Air Force. Mac owned an air freight company. I mean, Mac knew about airplanes, knows about airplanes. So one day I. I just caught him. I've been able to ride in the cockpit in the jump seat with him on some of these trips. I'm going say none of this is an accident. The Lord's allowing me this. Is that right? To get me, get me up to speed. So that what? So I can see me. Our ministry. Our church doing this. And so one day after we landed I said Mac. Nobody was around. I made sure. I said Mac I I think the Lord's put it on my heart to believe for a jet. He knows where I am. At 300 hours flying time. That's like nothing. He kind of looked down. I thought, oh man, what's he going to tell me? I won't forget it. Thank God for him. He looked at me. He said, Keith, you can have anything you can believe for, boy. went right into me. Like a shot. Went right into me. I thought, yes I can. Yes I can. All things are possible to him or her that believes and if you believe it, that means you see it. You see it. Oh somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God. When I was flying around in my little single, I enjoyed that. Here's something else. You can enjoy every step along the way. Don't pretend you're there. Enjoy every step. I enjoyed that little plane. I enjoyed it. But when I saw what the Lord was dealing with us to do, I thought, oh, man, because I was still helping Brother Hagen. I thought, well, uh, wouldn't it be great if I could help him sometime with a plane? And that seemed like a grandiose thought. Where I am, I could help him with a plane ride? I didn't dare tell anybody. I just, I mean, it's okay to have some big thoughts by yourself. And not too long after that, they got a plane of their own. And my natural thinking was, well, (laughs) that kind of blows that out of the water. Doesn't it mean they got a nice plane and how would I ever? But I still kind of hold on to it. And when that happened, they gave us that plane. It was the same kind of model that they had. And so I told Brother Hagin, we were in a meeting one time, I said, I said, sir, if you ever need this plane, or want this plane for anything, you let me know. It's it's available to you. Anytime, anywhere. Well, that sounded kind of unnecessary, because they got a little, actually a little bit newer, a little bit bigger, better one. And so, a few months passed, and things are going good. One night, about one o'clock at night, the phone rang. It's cold winter night. And, uh, Answered the phone, Brother Hagen. He's up in Indianapolis, and it's 1:30 in the morning. Thought, yes, sir. He said, "Keith, you said if I ever need that plane, our plane's got an issue. Can you come get me?" I said, "Yes, sir. I said it, it, it'd be just a little bit, but yes, sir. Yes, sir." Hung up the phone. Oh man! <laughs> I rushed and got dressed went out there. It was cold. I felt so wonderful. I thought, glory to God. God has brought this little country boy who couldn't afford to use pickup. Come on, y'all listen. And brought him into the place where I could respond. We zipped up there. We picked him up. We brought him back home to toss him. They got to sleep in their own bed. Somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. But you don't, you, you'll never have or touch any of these things if you don't dare to believe or to think big or to reach big. God does amazing things for folks. He actually gets glory in doing it with and through people that others would think um, they'd never do it. That never happened through them. That act, God actually delights in that. Taking people, you know, not many mighty, not many, that Right? He delights in that so that uh, people just shake their head and go whoa he, they got one they did this they gave that do we have a big God yes. should we dare to think big yes. pray big yes. ask big yes. so big yes. reach big because he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all We have ever asked or thought, but it's tied directly to what's going on inside of us. Stand on your feet, everybody. This
1: ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.